that the Lord wants to do. And we're a word and spirit church, which means we, we swim in the Bible. He says, looking for his Bible, which is just down there. Um, and we want to be open to all that the Bible teaches. We don't want to just know stuff. We want to know the Lord of the book, not just the book itself. And so we're doing this series looking at what is God's heart for being part of a local church. It seems sometimes just the thing to do. Well, this morning we're look, continuing to look, what, what does the Bible say God's heart is for how we should be uh, engaged and involved in his local church? And so we're exploring that together over the few weeks. And uh, Stuart's just going to introduce the theme. Do you have that lined up? And then we're going to turn to the Word of God together this morning. <laughs> From our home, we often watch the Red Arrows. Without us having to pay anything, we get spectacular displays over our head. The planes often roar over us and they sometimes practice their skills for up to half an hour above us. We usually step outside as soon as we hear the roar of the engines. From below, it all looks so easy. But behind the scenes, there are hours of obeying commands, respecting other pilots, and contributing to the displays. There is no place for Lone Ranger pilots who want to do their own thing. It's exciting when communities of God's people align themselves to reveal God's glory to the world. Our call at Alive is to demonstrate what is really possible when we align ourselves with God's Word and we are obedient to His Spirit. The church is meant to have beautiful feet that walk in the ways of Jesus and serving hands that can do His will. There is nothing more beautiful than a people that are all in, who play their part, to display what is lived out in heaven on earth. Have a great, great day. (laughs) Ripple of applause. I love that. Great. If you turn to your Bibles to Hebrews, chapter 10, please. And as I said, we're looking at this whole area of being all in, developing a culture of partnership. So in life, we don't have a formal membership, like I know some churches do, but in our hearts, we want to develop an organic culture of partnership, that that together we make a difference in our communities. As Paul writes to the Philippians in Philippians 1.5, I thank God for your partnership in the gospel. And that's what we long for every person who regards this as their church family to partner together to see this nation, this town, and these streets around this church one for Christ. And that's why we're here, isn't it? And so last week we introduced this whole theme of being all in. And we saw we're to say we are all in. And we looked at the book of Acts. And this morning we're looking at the whole area of Sunday celebrations. Why do we do this thing every week? What, what is God's heartbeat? Why do we do this? Is this just a, a religious habit? Is this just because churches seem to always have met on Sundays or weekly? Why do we re- gather regularly? And that's what we're looking at this morning. And we're looking at a, a group of Christians that are being written to who are going through a severe season of persecution. They're under huge pressure to give up on Jesus. And in Hebrews 10, in verses 32 to 34, we read this. He writes to them and says, But recall the former days when, after you were enlightened, you endured a hard struggle with sufferings, sometimes being publicly exposed to reproach and affliction. 
and sometimes being partners with those so treated. For you had compassion on those in prison, and you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property, since you knew that you yourselves had a better possession and an abiding one. That's wow. So these verses that we're going to look at, we need to understand the context. They're written to a group of Christians who were rejected, hated, publicly mistreated, imprisoned, even had their homes ransacked, if that's the right word, simply because they loved Jesus. And into this context, this is what the Holy Spirit inspires the writer to the Hebrews to say. If you go to the next slide. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Let's pray, shall we? Lord, we love you. Thank you so much for being you. I thank you we're not wasting our time here. Thank you you're not made up. You're not a fairy tale. You're not a cultural entity. You're Yahweh. You're the Holy One. You're alive and you speak and you're on the move. And this morning, Holy Spirit, I pray every one of us in this room would just come as we are and would be open to what your heartbeat is for our lives when it comes to our attitude to be part of a local church. God, none of us have got it sorted. We're all equal before the cross. And so I don't want to pray. I pray there's no condemnation about the past in this place, but maybe just the slight conviction of the Holy Spirit of moving into a new season as you want us to be together as all in. And I just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And so as I shared last week, this is the heartbeat behind this series. This isn't legalism. This isn't religion. This isn't about getting enough ticks on a register with a smiley face to get you into heaven. It's none of that. What I'm doing is I'm speaking to a group of people who who some of you would regard yourself, well, many of us would regard ourselves as Christians. And my understanding of being a Christian is that we want to know God's opinion more than we want to know ours. We want to live God's way more than we want to live our way. And that's how I understand what being a Christian is. And so the, the, the deal that we've set at the start of this series is this. We're going to look at what the Bible teaches about what God's heart is for us as Christians to be part of a local church. And the deal is this. You don't have to believe anything that I say just because I'm saying it. The deal is for you to go home, but to be honest and courageous enough to say, God, in your word, what are you saying? Is that really what you're saying? And if you see that's what it's saying, obey it. Make changes in your life and walk into what God is calling us to be as a local church. Is that okay? So, so please just chew on this, digest it, be persuaded by God's word, not because I'm saying it, but if you're persuaded, let's do it and let's make this life count for Jesus. Because here are these verses that I'm so struck by. These verses that we just read from Hebrews 10, 23 and 25 were written to a group of Christians who were facing death for gathering. There was such a severe persecution that every time they made the effort to gather together, they were at risk of being imprisoned, tortured and executed. 
And I don't know about you, but part of me, when I was thinking about this, thought, well, surely God would say to them, don't worry for a season. To take a step back. Being gathering together locally isn't that important. Don't worry about it at all. Part of me kind of thought, well, surely God would say that. But what does he say? He says the complete opposite. He says, don't stop attending. You need each other more than you can begin to imagine. He says, I've got things for you as you gather that really only happen in the dynamic nature of a local gathering of my people. And in God's opinion, and, and again, please let this sit on your he- in your heart. This really struck me. In God's opinion, the threat of persecution was not a good enough reason for them not to attend their church regularly. That's mad. That's huge. He writes, do not neglect to meet together, as is the habit of some. Seems to be some in that, that situation. We read this letter. In other places he says, you should be teachers by now. You should be so much further in your relationship with Jesus. But you're still infants. There was some of them that were slowing down, backing off. And, and in the context were saying, it's too stressful being part of a local church. And they developed this habit of not attending. A habit doesn't happen overnight. It can happen for several reasons, can't it? And I, I shared last week, I'm just going to be honest in this. Well, I'm always honest, but you know what I'm saying. I'm just going to say it as I see it, and you chew on it. But here's how I see it. Unless we're working on a Sunday, it is a choice not to come to the local church. It's a choice. No one makes you miss it unless you're working. So it's your choice if your kids play sport on a Sunday morning. No one's making you do it. It's your choice if you do other things. Now, I'm just unpacking this a bit more. And, and it's also a habit that can develop where we say, well, if that's the only place it can happen, we're going to have to go for it for that. Whereas actually what I'm saying is if we want to develop a rhythm in our lives that says, God, I'm going to prioritize as a family or as an individual your word, your heartbeat for my life, I'm going to trust you with this. And I shared last week how my parents did that with me with football and how we've done it with Josh with football too. Where for us as a family, being part of a local church was an absolute priority. We wanted to gather with God's people and worship him. It wasn't about we have to be here every week. But what I'm saying is we wanted to be a pattern of our lives. But it can so easily happen in other ways, can't it? We miss one Sunday because we're ill. Or the next Sunday because maybe we've just had a really hard week. We miss the next Sunday because we've had a late night and a Saturday night. We can't be bothered to get out of bed. And then suddenly, before we know it, we've almost missed a whole month of gathering. And then we kind of get to the point, oh, I don't know if I can be bothered to go now. We can get into the habit of not attending. And some of these Christians had developed this habit. And into that habit, the writer is inspired by the Holy Spirit and says, don't do it. I'm just saying this as I see it in the text. If the threat of persecution is not a good enough reason, in God's opinion, for someone to stop regularly attending a local church, then what could be? That really hit me this week. I think there's many reasons that we give, don't we, at times, where we're just thinking, thinking I'm not going to bother with this regularly in my life. I'll just dip in every three or four months, and, and that'll be fine. Whereas God says, meet regularly. And the context for Hebrews 10 is, is being part of a local church. is everything we do. But I just want to apply it to a Sunday morning this morning. Is that okay? 
you guys still with me? And there's four reasons in this verse, in these two verses from Hebrews 10, four reasons why it's so important to attend. It's not a legal, religious thing. There's stuff God wants us to do and he wants to do in us as we gather. Four things. The first reason is this. We attend because God commands us to. I mean, that should just be the bottom line. I mean, that should just be enough, shouldn't it? Because he writes there, do not neglect meeting together as is the habit of some. This verse is blunt, it's clear, it's simple. Do not do it. It's a command from God. And in my understanding, if we're ignoring or disobeying a command from God, it's, it's a sin. We're, not, we're falling short of what God is asking us to do. It's not a suggestion, it's not an opinion, it's a command. Find a local church that you're blessed in, supported in, encouraged in, and then commit to regularly attending and being part of that local church. Being part of a local church is God's idea and not ours. Number two, and this is the one I want us to take a bit more time on, is we attend because we all need accountability. All of us need accountability. The writer says, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. As we gather, this should be a place where we're challenging, provoking, inspiring each other to love one another and live for Jesus more. As we do this, there needs to be a measure of accountability here. That we attend Sundays because there's stuff that God wants to do in a a group of people who who aren't just mates and close friends, but they're together in Christ. They may not know everyone really well, and we're going to see in a moment, we may irritate each other and fall out at times, but there's someone bigger that holds us together. And as we do that, and as we commit together, there's a work of the Holy Spirit that he wants to do, that in my understanding of these verses, can only really be drawn out of someone when they regularly commit to being part of a local church. We attend not just because of what God wants to do in us, but because of what he wants to do through us. And please see the the focus of this command. It's not what others can do for you, it's what God wants you to do for others. That's what he's saying here. The whole point of this command is, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. It's about a community of people who are saying, actually, I'm not in this just for myself or what God's going to do in me, but I want to be used by God. I want to stir up love and stir up good works in other people. And this word stirring means to incite or provoke in others. And it's something we all do. Let us, the writer says, not a pastor or a vicar, not church leaders, not a worship team on the platform, not just these people, us. If you are a Christian, you have a responsibility to provoke in others a love and a a heart to be sold out for Christ. That is God's heartbeat for you. And we attend, because as we attend, there's this transformational work of the Holy Spirit that I personally think can only really happen as a local church gathers. And the writer says we are to stir up one another to love. This is what Sam Storms puts it. Love is designed by God to be awakened and sustained in your soul as you meet regularly with Christians. Wow. This is to be a place where love is stirred up. It's a love for Jesus, first and foremost. My prayer as we gather here every Sunday is we lift him up. And you see his beauty and his majesty and his worth and his infinite glory. 
And as in the busyness of life, we get that moment in the week where we gather with others to adore him. Suddenly our perspective is healthy. We're fixed upon him. Yeah, we do it every day. We should be doing it every day. But when we gather as this place of we're going to adore him together, we're going to fix our eyes on him together because it is all about him. And it stirs up in us a love for Jesus. It's the reason we sing. One of the reasons we sing is to remind ourselves of his beauty and to respond to that beauty. It's to say, let heaven come. Not just to sing it on a screen, but saying, God, do something in my day. That's why we take time to read this word and to swim in it together. Because we want to be reminded a fresh revelation of the glory of Jesus. The moment you lose the glory of Jesus is the moment you'll stop running with him in a radical way. Because you've got to get to that point where he is worth it. Christians will let you down. Life sucks at times, but he is forever glorious. And as we gather, all of us need this. And I don't care how mature you think you're a Christian. We need that weekly point where we worship him. We adore him. Where the Lord sits enthroned on his person on their own on their iPod. Well, yeah. No, he sits enthroned on his people's praises. And as we praise him, he sits here enthroned. And, oh, I've got to keep going, sorry. But this is what the Lord does. He, he stirs up a love for him. But it also stirs up a love for people. And this is where the rubber hits the road. You see, this church is and should be and become more and more the most welcoming, loving, accessible community of people in this town. Every church should be. We don't water down the truth. We speak truth, but we speak it in love. Every single person who walks through that door, regardless of lifestyle, regardless of decisions, regardless of what they look like, they're to be loved in this place. And you can only do that in a community of people you don't choose to be with. If you only ever meet with your Christian mates, you're never going to learn to love like Jesus. Because Jesus loves the world and he loves people like me and people like you with all our ups and downs. And as we gather together, we're to stir up in one another. You know what? I'm going to love like Jesus. And the Holy Spirit comes and this is supernatural. This isn't natural. To love someone, even when they irritate you or let you down and to forgive them and to do life together and not to give up and to hop among churches, but to say, I'm here and I'm here to stay and I'm going to work this through. To do that is a supernatural work of the Holy Spirit. And my dear friend, that's a maturity in Christian faith. A mature Christian says, you've really hurt me, but I love you in Christ. Because you know what? I really hurt God and he's forgiven me. And I want to forgive you with the love of Jesus. And I want to suggest that can only happen really in the dynamic of gathering regularly with a group of Christians and and anyone who comes in a local church. When you love people who irritate you, you're loving like Jesus. When you love, not irritate, but you know what I mean. When you love people who can do nothing for you in return, you're loving like Jesus. That's the love that needs to rise up more and more and more in this place. And God has designed for this love to be awakened in us through regularly meeting with other Christians. We gather to love. 
This is to be a place full of love. Love for him. Love for one another. Love for ourselves. The greatest declaration of this love is when we love those in the natural we would struggle to click with or spend time with. Like Kelly was sharing earlier, that's the love of Jesus in action. And so when we're making a decision, how regularly should we attend? Should we say, well, I want to show my love for people. And and as we gather, we're saying, look, we're part of something bigger than just me, myself, and I. We're, We're part of something bigger than just my little connect group with people I get on with. I want to be part of a family and learn to love those who maybe I don't naturally click with because that's the love of Jesus in me. And could it be, and there are, so there are people in this room because all of us are in this place at times in life who just need a biblical perspective on the local church. As I often say, the local church is a dysfunctional family gloriously held together by grace. And I want to say this. I read this this week. You guys still with me? They're not all this long. Don't worry. But this is what I read this week. The very things that frustrate and annoy us should actually amaze and encourage us. The very things when we do life together and as we grow as a location, when there's over 500 people here and we don't know everyone by name or by face, but there'll be times where we get irritated, let it down, and we all make mistakes. In those moments, instead of getting frustrated and annoyed, we should actually take a step back and say, you know what, I'm encouraged and amazed. I cannot believe God puts up with me. And if you're honest, you should be amazed that God puts up with you. And you should be amazed that God has chosen to use broken people like me and broken people like you to show this world his love. He could have done it anyway. He could have just, bang, done it. But he chose to use people like me and like you as vessels of his grace. And that amazes me. That astounds me. I wouldn't have done it that way. And I know you. I really wouldn't have done it. I'm joking. (laughs) But this is how God has chosen. As one commentator puts it, the fact that Christ uses flawed people to accomplish his work on earth is actually a sign of his grace, not a sign of his absence. The church gives the world a front row seat to the grace of God. And so as we gather on Sundays, we're gathering to stir up, to provoke in us, the writer is saying, love, but also good works. We're here to say, God, I want to become more like you. Jesus, fill me with your spirit. I fall so short. I'm never going to be perfect this side of glory. But I want to become more like Jesus. I want this time next year to be more like him than I am today. And one of the ways that God does this is that he chisels things off us through connecting with other Christians. That that suddenly there's an accountability and an encouragement and inspiration that we all need that comes by regularly gathering in a local church. And if you can't do it in this church, uh, do it in a church you can. Because this is God's heart for you. And, and as we do this together, he, he makes us more like him. And suddenly there's an accountability that when we're in a bad place or going through a season of struggle, there's people who can lift our arms and say, keep going, he's worth it. There's no such thing as a lone wolf in the New Testament. Nothing. I, and again, I'm just sharing this, but I have honestly never met an on-fire Christian who's leading people to Jesus, who's running passionately sold out for him, who isn't plugged in regularly with a local church. I've never met someone like that. Maybe you have, but I haven't. We need accountability. 
We need the encouragement. He wants to transform us from the inside out. And he's chosen, in his wisdom, to use local churches who are clinging to him to do that. And a culture of partnership develops as a group of people commit regularly to gather together in order to stir up love and good works. And so I want to ask you, if you're persuaded by this, what difference will that make to your diary? Let me ask you this. If we were to look at how often you've attended the last year on a Sunday morning, would there be enough Sundays to really have built a meaningful community in this church? If the church only ever met on a Sunday morning when you attended, would there be enough meaningful relationships built? I'm just laying that before you. This is grace. You hear what I'm saying here. This isn't, you don't get into heaven by attendance, but this is God's heart for how he wants us to live our lives. Number three, I can really feel the weight of all. Anyway, we'll keep going. Third reason, we attend because we all need encouragement. We need encouragement. Verse 25, encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. We just need encouragement. I do. I don't know about you. I need to gather with people who are, and suddenly I'm like, I'm not on my own. Maybe you're in a workplace all week, you're the only Christian there, or in your family, you're the only Christian in your family. When we gather, there should be an encouragement of, yeah, I'm part of something that's bigger than that. I'm not on my own. I'm not a a strange, weird person who believes this pie-in-the-sky stuff. There's relatively normal people as well who believe it too. And we gather and we encourage each other. So as we gather on a Sunday morning, this needs to be a life-giving celebration. All of us come. Let us consider. All of us have a responsibility before God to attend a local church with a heart of, what can I do to encourage provoke, inspire this in that person and bring encouragement. It's the encouragement of fixing our eyes on Jesus together. And then to land, um, I told you it was be quick, we attend because we all need hope. We all need hope. In verse 23, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. These Hebrews were slowing down, some of them. And he says, don't slow down. Commit to regularly meeting. And meet because you need to hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who is promised is faithful. As we gather together, as we fix our eyes upon Jesus, as we worship him, adore him, as we love one another, as we hear the word unpacked and chew on it in our connect groups and throughout the week, as we do life together, as we learn to love like Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit, suddenly something of eternity invades this place. Suddenly, we suddenly think, actually, my life isn't just for the 80, 90 years I've got on this planet. There's an eternity with Jesus awaiting me. And suddenly we see the hope that is ours in Christ. The glory of the gospel isn't the life we live in just now. The glory of the gospel is eternity with the King. Where there's no more pain. No more suffering. No more mourning. But just Him. And we can get so bogged down with career, holidays, nights out, money. All this stuff. None of that's sinful. I'm not saying anything wrong with that. But it's so easy to be fixed on the stuff that's happening in this life that God wants us as we attend and as we regularly gather together to be reminded of the eternity that we're living in and for. 
And this is the hope that is in he who is not, who is without wavering and is faithful. And every week we meet, we're just reminded who this is all for and his heart for our lives. Suddenly the things that seem so important, so stressful, become less important and lighter. We hold fast so that when when someone dies in this church, as dear Brenda went to be with Jesus, we gather and we say there's hope beyond the grave. And we say, Jesus, we know where Brenda is. She's dancing in the streets face to face with you. And as a community, we stand and we say, come on, don't waste your life on that. There's a king to be lived for. And we all need to be reminded of that hope. Do you see it now, my dear friend? Not in any way trying to, to bring a heavy condemnation or anyone in this room. I genuinely think the Western church has gone so far away in its individualistic, consumer-driven society from a biblical understanding of God's heart for what our attitude should be to being part of a local church that I think this lands quite heavily, doesn't it, at times? So I'm going to ask you, are we going to say we are attenders this morning? When we think about all in, this culture of partnership, and we attend because we love Jesus, we want to obey him. That's why I understand what being a Christian is. And so when he says, do not neglect meeting, as is the habit of some, we say, okay, I'm not going to neglect meeting. I'm going to shift things around in my life so I can obey you, God. We want to be used by Jesus to stir up another's love and good works. We want him to do stuff in us, but also through us. Suddenly it's not just about us and our family, it's about him and the others in this church family. We want to be encouraged and encourage others to keep going and to run in all that God has for us. We want to keep our eyes fixed on him and the hope of glory that is in Christ. That is God's heart for this local church. There would be people who stir up, provoke, champion Jesus in our lives together. So we're going to say we're all in. This new season, God, I'm all in. I want to shift perspective maybe. It's, it's become a bit, bit blurred or a bit hard at times. But this morning, God, I want to run with you into this. Because I tell you what, when there's a church that has a culture of partnership, we don't have to ask, are there any five or tens leaders? There's people like, wow, there's a need there. I'm going to help there. It's just this sense of, come on, we're in this together. Let's just see what the Lord will do among us. Amen? Amen. Let's stand together and I'll pray. Thank you, Lord. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Lord God, you love every person in this room. You died for them. You long for them to know you, to run with you. And Father, I simply pray this. You speak into our hearts through your word, and we obey. And so I pray for every heart in this room, every person in this room, just for a fresh revelation of your blueprint for the local church. And I just speak off anyone, any past experience of heavy shepherding or legalism. We're not into that in this place at all. But what we are into is sharing the word of God. We're just saying, God, I want to live your way. 
And so, Father, this morning we say, come among us and build your church in this place, Jesus. Build your church, Jesus. Past disappointments in churches, being let down by people in churches in the past, being hurt, that we all have at times. I speak the healing oil of the presence of the Holy Spirit upon wounds in this place. I speak the peace of the Prince of Peace. Life is too short. The call is too great. The need is overwhelming in this town for Christ. And so, Lord, this morning, come and and bind us together, Lord, please. Thank you, Lord. And just as we're standing, I just, I guess I encourage you just in these moments, if anything that I've shared has nudged your heart, then just respond to it now. Anything that that may have just been nudging your heart this morning, say, God, I want to, Respond to that now. I don't want to leave here without responding to what you were saying. Come, Holy Spirit. I want to speak over this um, this congregation this morning that not one person in this room is a spare part. Not one person in this room is out of the inner circle. There are no inner circles in this church. There's a family that wants to stir up in each other love and a life for Jesus. And so I speak vision all over this place. Vision, vision, vision. And so God, come among us now, we pray. Just wait for a few more moments of what I want to do. I just pray a a blessing now in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit to rest upon everyone in this room. May you know the strength of the Holy Spirit. May you live for Jesus in your families, with your mates, with your work colleagues, with maybe all the week has for you in this week ahead. May you know the presence and the power of Jesus. And I'd love to pray for anyone in this room who is, is being held back by something that's happened in the past. 
that's making you really hesitant committing to the future. Just really feel the Lord wants to, to minister to that this morning. And there'll be teams here at the front that would love to pray for you, if that's you.